doesn't look good, but I'm doing it. And what are you going to do about it? Was essentially his position. <laughs> Which I kind of got to like. How do you not like that? Middle yeah. fingers in the air. I'm doing what I want. That's a, that's that's it, man. Yeah. I dig it. That, that works refreshing. sometimes. Refreshing. 70% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> I wonder what his worst loss ever is. It has to be a million or multiple. Oh, there's million. no doubt. There's no doubt he is. Uh, I, I bet seeing him on a Monday morning after a, a weekend uh, bender is Ooh. probably uh, something you could write a novel about. <laughs> Dustin Hughes, linebacker of the Michigan Panthers, and you're listening to Patriot Sports Radio. This is Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. Fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. If it's sports, from the high school level to the pros, we're talking about it. Like the red-blooded Americans we are. God bless America. God bless America. God bless America. Let's do this. Here's Eric. John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I am your host for full strength today. The gang's all here. The impeccable John Shirley coming to us from his understated yet modern chic apartment in Denver, Colorado. Chris is at my side, as always, making sure the engine is firing and the coach is down in the panhandle state. He took some time away from building a Cy Young candidate down there to join us for the podcast. Coach, what's going on down there? This kid is just flamethrowing. Every time I get an update, he's mowing kids down. Not you he's, know, with no, a baseball. he's had a great season. The kid, the kid works hard. He does good. He's it, man. This is a kid that went from you know playing playing JV games and and trying to get time to. He's got, you know, he's he's throwing and he's got a little bit different delivery, so it kind of makes him a nom- a little bit of a anomaly. And and they bring him in, and he does uh, he does good things. He's having a good season. The 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 team is is trying to trying to win the regional, but they they won their first game yesterday, and then they lost the nightcap, so they're in uh elimination game. Have to win two today to play tomorrow. Um, today if they they lose, they're out. So uh, we'll we'll see. But it, it, yeah, it's been a good good season. He he really has uh, come a long way. The Eric Gagne of the Sooner State. I don't know about all that, but we you know we we're just we're just glad to to be playing six A baseball and be on a team that 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 is uh you know a, a big team here in in Oklahoma. So yeah, he's a good kid most of the time. Seventy percent of the time, he's a good kid most of the time. <laughs> Outstanding. Hey, Eric Gagne tricked the Brewers into giving him $55 million. So that's not the worst gig in the world. Closers are up there with some <laughs> of the, the shiftiest guys in terms of getting money. Yeah, they 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 do tend to uh, cash in. Uh, I mean, you know, when I think about that, I, the, the, biggest, the, the, the biggest guy of all time is Kimbrell. Kimbrell's made more money mm-hmm. than, than literally than, oh, man. than they can print off different squads. I mean, he's he's fleeced entire organizations. I, I want to say at least close to a half dozen organizations on millions. Absolutely. Just because people Bilkin. like the way he looks. It doesn't make him a great closer. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've seen more of that guy's, the number on his back as he watches him go over the fence than I ever dared to even think I would. He He just... Uh, I was glad to see him leave leave the Cubs and I and you know hey 
good luck to him and good for him for bilking these organizations, but he he was terrible. He was good for about the first three years that he was in Boston and things things went downhill from there. He's still still making money, still cashing checks. Oh yeah, he's a bit of a gimmick. Most closers are like those high profile consultants where they come in for a little bit and there's a lot of promise and they don't necessarily even have to deliver. It's just kind of like, yeah, well, yeah, uh, you, you put me in with three on, what do you expect? Yeah, no, I, you know, it's, uh, it, it is, they have a built in excuse I'll, every I'll time. I'll cash my check yeah. and leave. <laughs> I'll see you guys. <laughs> hey, you got, yeah. Hey, you remember, remember back in the day, maybe this, maybe John, you might, you might remember this. Remember the, one of the best of all times. And it seems like they developed their niche. Their little niche as they come in and and everybody goes crazy about it. You remember Rocker, John Rocker from the Braves? He would sprint in and and he, and and, and it yes. was the greatest entrance of all time. It was almost eastbound and yeah. down like. And uh, that's exactly what I was going to yeah, say. He, yeah. he would he would run in from from the bullpen in a dead sprint and be you know just pouring sweat by the time he got there, and you felt like you were getting your money out of that guy because he was ready to go to work. Now, uh, that deal flamed out really quick, literally. But, uh, you know, th- these guys develop their niche and they make – they just cash checks. Um, I was watching uh, uh, Jensen the other day. Don't you guys uh, – Yep. You, you guys oh, got to like him. <laughs> you know, he's another one. There's You can name him yep. by the truckload. Yep. I wish I had learned how to throw a baseball as a as a left-handed young man. I should have done that. I should have scammed some of these. I remember John Coffey used to sprint out to the mound, too, when he was with the Brewers. The big uh, coffee time would come up on the Jumbotron, and this pudgy son of a bitch would come flying out of the, duck, or the bullpen. Yeah. It's fantastic. Speaking of running, you like that segue? The Kentucky Derby is today. One and a quarter miles to glory. We spend all day building it up, and the whole thing lasts two minutes. Sounds like my Saturday nights. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Coverage starts at 9 a.m., and post time for the Kentucky Derby is like at 6.57. Sunset. It's just an all-day thing. Yeah, there's a dozen-plus races throughout the day. I think they start at about 10.30. It's the first jewel of the Triple Crown. I mean, how long... How long can we talk about? As uh, long as you want. As long as you, as much money as you got, bro. I mean, <laughs> I put a couple tickets in on the, uh, on the Kentucky. They call it the greatest two minutes in sports. I think I thought about that this morning and I can't think of anything that's better. So, I feel like it's the deadbeat. Boy, it it's the deadbeat stepdad Olympics. Like you see on all the movies, the, the deadbeat stepdad who gambles on dogs and horses. I feel like it's the Olympics. <laughs> Today is the Olympics for the deadbeat stepdad. A lot of babysitters <laughs> making some money today. No, Absolutely. You, you know, <laughs> the thing is, the great, Kentucky Derby is a, is a cool thing because it's got its own little, uh, it's got its own drama and intrigue, like almost like another league. Uh, you know, uh, they had this Bob Baffert guy that that is is pretty much like the Bill Belichick of horse racing. All he does is win, and everybody you yes. know kind of hates on him. And you have your your pros and cons against the guy and they kind of divide down the middle. There's nobody really, really on just that just straddles the fence on that. And, uh, you know, he's banned from this year's Kentucky Derby for, for giving, a some kind of, uh, banned substance to the winner last year. So he's not even there. And so I was watching some, some in horse racing insider, uh, this morning as I was trying to, 
you know, look at the Derby field and there, you know, the, the thing that they were talking about is, is that there's a couple of horses that are in there who legally can't be trained by Baffert, but they are. <laughs> so I was like, they have been until yeah, five about minutes five before minutes they ago. filled out the paperwork, yeah. they magically went with somebody else on, on that name on that line. So, but they were talking about, uh, you know, a couple of horses in the race that were Baffert horses and how they were the fastest horses in the field magically. And, you know, I, I think that's, it's kind of, like I said, got its own drama and intrigue all to its own, the, the, the whole, the whole horse racing industry. But, uh, yeah, it's, will, will a Baffert, non-Baffert horse win today is, is the question. I mean, uh, and, and, and who do you like today? That's, that's the real thing. Who you got your money on? Well, let me see here. Want to handicap the field um, for us real quick? <laughs> I've got, I did a little bit of research this week. Well, there's one jockey, the only jockey I know by name, Flavian Pratt. He, he has won me money many times. The first time I turned on TVG and decided to bet on a horse race, I won it. And he was the jockey on the horse. So it's burned into my brain. Turns out. This guy is like the Michael Jordan of of horse jockeys. So he's on a horse called Zandon at plus 550. I'm on that one. And then I also put five bucks on a couple others. Pioneer of Medina, because I assume that's from the Medina spirit bloodline. Um, Tis the Bomb, I assume, is from the Tis the Law. And then Crown Pride is a Japanese horse. A uh, Japanese horse has never won the Kentucky Derby. Any of these horses who do well in Dubai and over there do really poorly in the Derby historically. But this one, for some reason, is different. This horse has been winning all over the place. All the people in the know are saying this could be the first Japanese horse to win a Derby. It had a practice. Now, I don't know a lot about horse racing, but. It had a practice. It sounds a lot similar to NASCAR's practice run was incredibly fast. Like all the other trainers were over there admiring it. So we got him at 25 to one, which one is that that a lot crown pride. I also took crown pride top three at six to one and top two at eight to one. So if that thing wins, we're in good shape. Crown pride. I'm wow. I'm, I'm looking on, I'm looking on my lineup. I didn't even see him. 20 horses in this thing. I got some other ones. I can tell you, uh, I can tell you I'm on Canero. Canero's like a what? 20 to one. Uh, sounds a lot like Camaro to me. So Perfect. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> uh, he, he apparently, I love uh, it. There's a little bit of a chance of rain today there that which factors in. Little bit of a yeah, you know the the yeah, conditions, uh, the undulations are fierce, so we'll see, see how that goes. Yep, you're gonna need somebody who's a mud. Maybe, maybe, maybe you might have to go. That changes the game in horse racing. Different, different conditions, yep. different sloppy hey, track. Some- Got to go with a different horse. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, hey, a lot of these horses are long shots. I mean, it starts raining, gets muddy. I suppose. Well, can- Canero yeah. is. What twenty to one? What do you? What's the? What's the numbers you got on him? Uh, can you pull up the Kentucky Derby odds because they're always shifting. Chris is on it; he's all over it. The uh, article I'm looking at from Bleacher Report says Epicenter is the seven to two favorite. I do have a 
trifecta I got from the guy. <laughs> there was a guy on Twitter who the day of the draft predicted the first five picks. Always a guy. Exactly. And I replied, yeah, I replied to him and I said, hey, do you have a couple minutes to talk about the Kentucky Derby? And he said, well, I never bet on a horse race or anything. And then weeks go by or however long it's been. Feels like weeks we've been talking about this draft. Yesterday, he pops up and he says, here's what I got. He's got Zandon, Taiba, and Epicenter. These are all fairly high towards the uh, towards the favorite horses. So that could happen. On principle, I put that in because I couldn't be the guy who didn't have that in when, when the, you know. The Twitter, I don't want to call him an oracle, the Twitter psychic told me. So wait, Zandon, <laughs> say those again. The three he gave me are Zandon, who is the favorite, Taiba, who is also, uh, Epicenter is close to a favorite, and Taiba. Sound like Taiba is 12 to 1, so that's the longest shot in the bunch. Sounds like that Phil could Collins albums. Yeah. Man, I guess. <laughs> so for 30 bucks. We got a $5. I guess I was trifecta. in left field here. I guess I was looking at the wrong list. I don't know. You lost me. I'm looking at, I'm looking at it now. I pulled <laughs> it many up. Races. I'm like, where? that's not even the horse that I was looking at this morning. There you go. I have no idea. Well, that's a <laughs> that's horse uh, of a different color. I don't know what happened there. I I don't know what I, I was even looking at before. But, all right. So never mind. <laughs> just pick up. Just pick out that, a name you like. Um, I mean, Go with I, somebody else, I guess. Yeah, just pick out a cool name. I turned on TVG yesterday to get a little info, get the blood flowing a little bit, put a dollar on a horse or two, and I saw a horse named Lady Frijoles. Well, that's an awesome name. And Lady Frijoles came home at like 12 to 1, won me 24 American dollars. So your Japanese horse is Crown Pride? Yes. At 20 to 1. Yes. There's there's all kinds of what you call steam on this Hmm. horse. I don't know. People who are smart know. Interesting. I'm going to get some water. What do you like, John? You know, I have I have never gotten into horse racing. It would be completely by name. Uh, but, you know, I think at a certain point, um, he's mentioning Crown Pride, the Japanese horse. I throw some money on that. At a certain point, the Japanese horse has to win. It can't just be the same lineage every time. So I'd probably go Crown Pride if I had to put ten bucks down or something like that. I can tell you, you know, here here in Oklahoma we have a place called Remington Park right here in Oklahoma City, and uh, you know we we go down there on a Friday or Saturday night a little bit and uh, bet on the horses. It's it's fun. They got a little a uh, little bar and grill there. You get like a little uh, picnic table area with a covered awning and. Uh, you know, you can go down there and have dinner and bet on the horses, and that's it's a good time. I mean, you know, uh, I'm sure there'll be some uh, some high moral platform people that'll throw rocks at me, but you know, I take the family down there and we we each pick out a horse and see what happens. And you know, uh, yeah, that's a, man. I'll tell you what, there's nothing nothing more fun than trying to trying to win a little money hitting the trifecta on a Friday night. The last couple of times I've been down there, I've been able to pay for the uh, pay for the table. I'm just saying that that makes me a professional handicapper. If you win money at something or get paid for it, it makes you a professional. So uh, I'll call myself right. a professional Go handicapper. <laughs> Go ahead and order nachos for the table. I got a good feeling exactly. about uh, pie in the that's sky. That's Friday. Yeah, that's 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 a Friday night. 
That's Friday night at Coach's house. Nice. I like it. So Zandon is the favorite or epicenter. You know, we, we've talked about getting in the business of naming babies. I think we need to get in the business of naming horses as well. Absolutely. Horses and, and Crayola crowns. Oh, so, oh here we go. <laughs> Those are odds. What was there I even go. looking at a while ago? I was out in left field. Wow. Smile. Smile happy is up to plus 1600. That was like a 25 to one horse when I, when I got, I, White a barrio. Hey, a lot of these horses that I sprinkled a couple bucks on have the odds of cut in half. That's a good sign. I really hope. Uh, I hope old Crown Royal or Royal Crown or uh, 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 Crown Pride comes home with this thing, though. That would be cool. I wonder what horse Phil Mickelson bet on. I would like to know so that I don't <laughs> bet on that horse because Phil Mickelson is the worst gambler in the history. That guy's leaking money like a sieve. Or horses yeah. or golf. He's under investigation for insider trading, of course, because he's Phil Mickelson. <laughs> so the feds are going through his financials. Mm. And it turns out between 2010 and 2014, he lost $40 m- m- million. I mean, I wonder what he's gambling on. Is he losing money at $10 million a clip wow. every year? Because... I mean, there's, that's not just what he did between 2014 or 2010 to 2014. Like I like to put a few bucks into play each and every day. I do the same amount roughly depending on, you know, how much I have in the account, but I don't radically change my stakes or my betting habits. So I have to assume he's doing, you know, a similar thing at a, at a much larger scale. You also don't strike me as a heavy drinker. But Phil does. No. So I, I think that kind of goes yeah, into play as wow, well. Which automatically even... makes me like him. I'm just going to go on record and say that. <laughs> automatically, he's a lefty. He's a degenerate gambler, gambler and the guy likes to likes to have a nice uh, scotch on a, on a Tuesday. So I'm in. I'm in with that guy. Yeah, I mean, say what you want. You can call him an asshole, but he's at least up front about being an asshole. Like the Saudi Arabia stuff. He's like, yeah, I'm only doing this to get leverage against the PGA. Are these people, quote, scary motherfuckers? Yes, they are. They throw people off of buildings (laughs) because, you know, they want to date the wrong person. So, yeah, it's, you know, it doesn't look good, but I'm doing it. And what are you going to do about it was essentially his position. <laughs> Which I kind of got to like. How do you not like that? Middle yeah. fingers in the air. I'm doing what I want. That's a, that's that's it, man. Yeah. I dig it. That, that works refreshing. sometimes. Refreshing. 70% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> I wonder what his worst loss ever is. It has to be a million or multiple. Oh, million. there's no doubt. There's no doubt he is. I, I bet seeing him on a Monday morning after a, a weekend a bender is Ooh. probably uh, something you could write a novel about. <laughs> um, it's it's that you know, but but how much money that that leads back to how much? What's his net worth? What's Phil Phil Mickelson's net worth? I think he was. I mean, making, it's got to be up there. What's forty million to Phil Mickelson? It's got to be. He was making forty a year at the time. So he lost a year's wages so, on gambling debts. He's probably still doing okay. Yeah, it says about 400. 400 mil. 
but you know, not 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 much of that is is liquid. There's a lot of investments and properties and so forth. Actually, I don't. He's the kind of guy who borrows money to do things. He doesn't use his own money. Even I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure he's not calling down and taking any bills off auto draft just yet. He's probably just doing uh, doing things. No, he's. He's just, he's not calling taking any bills off. <laughs> I think, on I think he's 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 no, probably he's okay. <laughs> I mean, are you telling me that that Phil Mickelson doesn't feel the adrenaline rush of the race between his paycheck and the utility bill? Yeah, but I don't think bank? Phil's lived that life for many moons. He's probably a uh, pretty comfy. I'm sure he's you know probably not not surfing the. Uh, the 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 one the one ads for used Buick just yet. <laughs> oh, says here Tiger's worth about eight hundred. Ti- every Yikes. catastrophe Tiger has just makes him more money. That's it goes back to that deal of what we've talked about. I, I'm I'm sure you guys have seen this every time, but no no publicity is bad publicity, and and it, it, unless you're unless you're the coach, and then publicity is horrible and ruins your life, but. In the real world, that doesn't happen to people unless it's me, but that's how it works. Anyhow, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. DeAndre Hopkins got some publicity. Not very much. We got to talk about that for a minute. (laughs) His November test came back positive for banned substances, but his December test was clean. He's not fighting it. He tweeted out pretty immediately. See you in week seven, which tells me he doesn't plan to. Pretty appeal. hard to fight it on low grade beaver tranquilizers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this goes back to my theory that the NFL just has a boilerplate of stories. Yep. And at a certain point when it's slow, it's like DeAndre Hopkins out for six games because they've known since. Have they known since November, December? I would assume so. I don't think they just. Yeah. Put put all of his tests in a refrigerator and then open it come March. So I just think they have a, a boilerplate of stories. So I'm just curious uh, what they've got that they're about to leak as soon as the NBA hits the champions championship. It'll be something. Oh, the NBA is getting a lot of publicity. Yep. Oh, OK. <clears throat> well, somebody hit their wife. You're, you're 100 percent right. <laughs> you're 100 percent right with that. It's. Yeah. A billion billion dollar organization yeah. like that. You're you're telling me there's not somebody pulling the puppet strings. I I don't believe that. Yeah, it's a Goliath company that just wants to own every day of the week and every month of the week. <laughs> it, was, it was just the way he said it. <laughs> I could just see some NFL executive saying, "Well, nobody's talking about anything." Giannis just one. Somebody needs to hit their wife. <laughs> That's about how it works. Yeah. Let's get some publicity. Uh, Mark Davis, they tried to shove this in the Friday news dump and slip it under the cracks, but you're not getting this shit past me. I have no life. I'm just online looking at sports news. Mark Davis fired Raiders team president Dan Ventrell, uh, who immediately came out and said, yeah, he did this in retaliation because I've raised concerns about a hostile work environment. Yeah. So when I did that, Mark Davis did nothing. He was dismissive. So I went to the NFL with my concerns and then he fired me. He says he's standing up for the women. He's standing up for the women in the organization in the office and in the NFL. Evidently John Gruden was just the tip which, of the ice. Which, let's be honest. will qualify him for a managerial spot at Dick sporting goods. That's where that's headed. 
So <laughs> stand up for what's right, do the right thing, and you get run over on that deal. That's that's not gonna that that you're waving the moral flag on your way uh, down on the Titanic. The band keeps playing, you're still sinking. Anyhow, uh, you know Davis. What, the the 18, I, I think he would get more. They would get more mileage out of his haircut story than that. That that's just one of those things of that that dumped in there. I saw wild. another one on Friday. Not to shift gears, but you guys seen the deal on uh, the the investigation on the play calling from the Browns, intentionally trying to uh, sour the stock of Baker Mayfield at the end of the season. Whoa. <laughs> no, I heard about Hugh Jackson trying to say that they were tanking on purpose, but that proved to be uh, unsubstantiated. Now, now we're going yeah. now oh, now they're oh, saying absolutely now we're caling plays that we know Baker is yep. gonna do a bad job. Oh, at yeah, so yeah, that that's bad. Really that was the, that was on the I literally saw that on on ESPN earlier today. Uh and and and, and the instant thought wow. came to mind of you know, two things. One, I, I kind of teetered on the you know is this guy getting blackballed is this is this the modern day blackball and then i thought ah man are they i mean gosh that's a that is a stretch with that dude but i can't i can't figure out why they won't seem to cut ties he's like a bad girlfriend for cleveland he just they 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 want to get rid of him but they keep calling him on a friday night I, i don't understand i don't i don't understand that whole yeah it's a soap opera up there that's what it is. It's one of those dysfunctional and We could chalk it up to Browns being Browns, but at some box. point, what? Don't you got to let him go? I mean, it's it's like they they don't want him, but they don't want to see him with anybody else. I, I saw where Pete Carroll came out and said that they, they absolutely were not interested in trading for another quarterback, and then and then he <laughs> gave it on the backside in a very Pete Carroll way of, well, but we're gonna do what's best for the organization and see where that goes. That goes so. I I don't know. I didn't I didn't mean to get back to Baker, but man, that's that's interesting stuff. God, it's just always something with that guy. I don't I don't know I don't know why they can't they just have... let him go to somewhere and 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 start over and just cut ties. They just they both can't seem to get away from each other. What do you think about that, John? <laughs> well, so I was actually talking to a dude last night about okay. this. And I was like, why, why is Baker still there? And do tell he's a pretty smart guy. Um, and he was just, it's, it's kind of one of those awkward situations. If you go after the thing you want, uh, the thing you have is, is just going to sit there because nobody, nobody is going to buy it. Right. You're just going to give it away. You know, they're just good. Everybody's just waiting for the Browns to release him because it's like, obviously you don't value him. I'm not going to trade for something that you have to get rid of anyway, because he's going to cost you 19 million. So I think the one or two people in the NFL that, that feel like he would be a good fit are just waiting to see, um, you know, once he gets released, they'll pick him up. Uh, it could be the Seahawks. It, it could be it could be Detroit for all we know. Um, he probably would fit in Detroit. And, and here we are talking about where would Baker fit in the NFL again. Um, I'm more – I keep getting sucked into these stories, though – just in general with the Cleveland Browns is one, what the heck is going on? What's reality? Everything really gets swept under the rug, like the whole Miami Dolphins Flores thing. You know, it's like when I worked in corporate America, you did an audit and there were genuine concerns. And then somebody came out and said, Oh, no, it was good. We were just kidding. 
it's like I, I don't think that was probably going to be the outcome based on how much <laughs> smoke there was at the beginning. So I don't know. Maybe he was looking for uh, another position. I, I, I don't blame him, but we're in kind of a weird time. If you're if you're a black coach, there's obviously some grievances that you probably have based on uh, interview tactics and things like that. But it's 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 tough to to speak up and keep your job and keep uh, keep you from hitting a just an absolute shitstorm from the NFL. And uh, I, I feel like there needs to be some rogue like reporter from some local newspaper newspaper that needs to take down the NFL because no mainstream media media is going to do it. But if there was somebody on the inside of the NFL that just started blowing the whistle. I mean, that would be the greatest drama I think we could have because, like I said, they probably have a boilerplate of crimes that they're waiting to announce. Uh, They got all this dysfunction within organizations. Are they cheating? Are they um, intentionally losing? And yes, is probably the answer to all of it. The whole we investigated ourselves (laughs) and found we did nothing wrong. (laughs) That's my favorite. favorite. Nobody would know better than us. We were here the whole time. Yeah, it's like it's like, hey, I did this exhaustive search, and it turns out the best guy for the job. <laughs> Lo and behold, that me? was me. Yeah, what are a the billion odds? with a B is all you need to know there. Billion, billion dollar I mean, company with a B, and you're it, when whenever you know we talk about that one guy that's the whistleblower, and that's great. Nine times out of ten, the whistleblower gets crushed and rolled under a steamroller. And ends up at a Dick Sporting Goods. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I love that store. Not as good as Academy, but that's fine. We're looking for sponsorships. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'd love to see. Hey, real, real quick, Dicks. Real quick before NFL? we move on, I just want to say is is. Is he not like a teeter totter with that guy? Because I find myself personally. And again, I keep going back to him, but I hate the guy one week. And then the next week, I, I kind of find myself going, I mean, he could be the victim. He could be a bad guy. I, I mean, it, you know, maybe he's the one the man has got his, you know, trying to crush. I don't know. I can't get on board or can't get off the Baker Mayfield train. I don't know. This week, I'm 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 kind of kind of feeling a little bit for him because the guy seems like he's I just want to see him go and start over and be the old baker that left here that everybody loved to hate and he and he kind of fed off that and uh and I just I don't know why they just won't they just can't do away with with each other and and move on but it's like a bad breakup but anyhow that's all I'll say about that. Yep, yep. Things were so good in the beginning. If she would just stop with the meth <laughs> and the out all night and the cussing and I mean, the getting arrested, you guys could you just You bail her out like of jail half a dozen times and you just can't stop. This is the time. This is the time. This is the one time she turns better. the corner. Absolutely. A lot of life experience in yeah. this room, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of life experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of female <laughs> angst. God, we're yeah. we're in desperately You'll need notice, of a female uh, on this show so bad. <laughs> there's no absolutely. There's no there's no inner <laughs> you're not taking Baker, you know, you can't take him anywhere. There's no Browns International games. I kind of expected that. You know, the league has given them the big push. We have two, four, five international games this year. And yes, the Packers 
are going to London, and oh. I hate it. <laughs> I've been very happy to be a team that didn't go to London. It's garbage. Um, October 2nd, we have Vikings versus Saints at 8.30 a.m. Central. October 10th at Hotspur Stadium, Giants versus Packers at 8.30 a.m. Central. Mm. October 30th, the Halloween matchup at 8.30 in the morning. Broncos versus Jaguars. I mean, set your alarm. Set your alarm for that. Don't miss it. actually it. might be a decent game or interesting to watch. Yeah. I mean, good quarterback matchup. It will be. Uh, theoretically, there's there's good weapons from Denver. There should be some, some talent on Jacksonville's side for Pete's sake. They keep picking in the top five for the last 74 years. At a certain point, yeah. they're going to turn it around. They've got to have to. That's the way the NFL is built. (laughs) It's the socialism (laughs) of sports. You suck. You come to the front of the line and you pick the absolute dominant generational talent. Just keep and please do something. Just keep getting to Brickashaw Ferguson after to Brickashaw Ferguson. And pretty soon you're good. Mm -hmm. November 13th, we leave London and we go to. Alliance Arena in Munich, Germany for the Seahawks and Buccaneers. That one, again, 8.30 in the morning. I don't know what time that is in Germany and Europe, etc., but it's it's early here. Brandy, I want you to know that I've held back on at least five F-bombs today. I'll let her know. I'll let her know. Credit to me. Will the Germans like football? I've worked with many a German. and, you know, uh, I think of any culture, they would be quick to brush up on the rules and regulations. They, and they could probably I- enjoy a good football game. But I don't know. It's it's not Schweinsteiger from the corner. So we'll see. But I think yeah. I think Germany could end up liking football. I, I don't understand. I mean, they've got to be making they they've got to be making millions of dollars on from the international fans somewhere or they wouldn't keep doing it because to me it it kills it kills the NFL here you not only have the 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 off, odd time and gambling point of view but you, the whole fantasy deal that's a nightmare for fantasy management it's a nightmare oh it wreaks havoc on oh, the fantasy man i i just i can't stand the international games Every week, having to check the schedule to see you got to set your lineup the day before, and then you got to set an alarm, and it's crap, man. I, I need the regular, patent concrete Sunday schedule where I get up and I get to watch what I want to watch and get my day ready and 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 get the the uh, the whole red zone ready to go. Man, it just the international. Oh, they've got to be making man. a killing off the international fans. So somewhere, somebody's watching it, and I know. When we talked to what's his what was the what was the big guy uh, Shaq? Yeah, when Shaq, Shaq was Wong. here, he was talking about the impact of the international game, and and that was amazing. Uh, you know, I I did I never realized that. So that tells you right there they've got to be making a ton of money from from international fans somewhere. Well, I think they see what the NBA is raking in from China, and they probably want that. They want the international fan to own the American sport and decide what happens. And pretty soon, you know, you got you got Bill Belichick coming out, and he's afraid to say Taiwan is a country. And you're like, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> so I thought, I thought I had this brilliant angle for season totals because I looked up 
how many miles eat well i didn't look it up a tweet came across my timeline let's be honest <laughs> of how many miles each team travels this season mm-hmm. and i'm like ooh some of these teams are really really traveling a lot more miles than others these teams are probably going to lose a lot more games because and now that i look at the top of the list it's seahawks broncos jaguars you know etc these teams that are going to europe so that means nothing miles mean absolutely nothing but the least miles i think and least fewest time zones have some sort of weight to them. The Steelers, mm-hmm. who have never gone below 500 under Tomlin, their win total is set at seven and a half. Only have to travel 6,442 miles all season. Wow. And it says zero time zones. Could they possibly not leave the East Coast time zone? That can't be possible. Well, they have to play at the uh No. That's rigged. That, Brown, that's not cool. They could only have to go as far as Ohio. That's a big deal, actually. I mean, there's studies show yeah. that if you don't travel much, that's a huge advantage. Yeah, if they don't even leave their time zone, it's rigged. So I'm gonna. They I'm want the Steelers to be good again. Well, I can. I can tell you that uh, yep. Trubisky's <laughs> gonna need all the help he can get. Because <laughs> no, he ain't playing. It's probably gonna end up being. Uh, him week one, and then we'll never see him again, or he'll end up being a... And then he's going to turn off the TV, is like he did in Chicago. <laughs> Man. Let's look. They got their opponents. Yeah, look at this. New Orleans, as far as they wow. go, man. <clears throat> Cleveland, Miami, Baltimore, Atlanta, Cincinnati, you know, Miami, Buffalo, the Jets, the Patriots, the Bills, the Eagles, the Raiders. They play so at the Raiders. They're, they're headed out west once. Yeah, very last out, game wow, of the year. That... Oh, that's home. Wow. Never mind. That's yep. home against the Raiders. Sure enough. Yeah, they literally don't leave the East Coast time zone. I'm hammering that right now. I might put fifty. I'm so they're playing fifty dollars on it, but I am going to put twenty dollars. These on are it. these are the ways the NFL sets up certain teams, and you, you'll never convince me that doesn't happen. Yeah. But this is exactly what we're talking about right here. Uh, I'd be interested. Let's look at Dallas's schedule. Where are they going? Because uh, it's it's kind of, it's kind of like who who does the NFL absolutely. want to be good, and then who does the NFL want to put through the that paces? That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, that that we're going to expose uh, actually, the conspiracy theory. Let's just seems, go ahead and do it now. <laughs> that seems right. That's right. Because the other. The other teams with the who travel the fewest miles are the Lions, yeah. eight thousand three hundred and forty-eight miles, eight time zones. The league wants them to get a little push. The mm-hmm. Ravens, ninety-five hundred miles, only two time zones, and the Browns only travel one hundred and eighty-six more miles, or actually four hundred and eighty-six more miles, and two time zones. Mm-hmm. Now, I would never bet a Lions over. I already have the Lions under, <laughs> but Ravens and Browns actually no Browns. I also can't. But Ravens, Ravens and Stillers. Yeah. Yeah. And some of that, the NFL can put. What about the Steelers to win that division? Is that crazy? Yes. What if Trubisky can throw the ball a little bit? 220 to one for uh, Aaron Jones to win MVP. 220 to one. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. looking at I was season trying totals to find Mitch Trubisky or odds to win the Super Bowl. And I found the Bengals surprisingly low. Bengals aren't even favored to win their own division. 
They're going to beat Browns each other are the up. favorite, followed by Bengals, Ravens, and then Steelers at plus eight. We kind of glossed over that, but the Cardinals made some moves on the draft day. That was uh, they went all in they on did. that offense. Uh, you know, the Kingsbury experiment better work this year, otherwise he he'll be gone. Yeah. You weren't here on on Tuesday. I added up all the heights of their wide receivers, and they average out to five wow. foot nine and a half. I did not know that. I did not know that. But <laughs> so that's, I, I know Brown. I know it's going to be an issue. I know Brown is a quality uh, quality receiver that they got, and they picked him up for not a whole lot. I didn't think, but I didn't give a lot for him. But they're really trying to to appeal to to Kyler. So. Who also is five foot nine? Right, very, very, very uh, laterally challenged. What a what is the yeah. odds on the what's the odds on the cards? What's the cards got to win it? Yeah, to win the Super Bowl can't be good. The Arizona Cardinals are wow. You got to scroll twenty seven <laughs> to one. Nice. Favorites are still the Bills and the Buccaneers. Followed by your usual suspects, Chiefs, Rams, Packers, then the Niners and the Chargers. Ha! Chargers are 15 to 1. I got that at 25 to 1 back when the cool kids bet it. I bet the Chargers every year, every year they let me down. I'm like, uh, they're like my AFC girlfriend. Well, while we're on NFL and NFL schedules and so forth, offensive and defensive rookies of the year. I wonder if some of those odds are up. I bet George Karloftis for defensive rookie of the year because he seems like he's in possibly the best situation to do it. Hutchinson is on a bad team. This is my theory. Hutchinson is on a bad team who's never going to be ahead, so he's rarely going to be pinning the ears back and getting after the quarterback. But a guy like George Karloftis on the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be up 14 to 20 points almost all the time. And he's just going to be getting after the quarterback. If this guy puts together 10, 12 sacks and they have a solid season, win the division and so forth, these things are all very possible slash likely. It's possible the media who votes on this thing will say, wow, look at the Chiefs. They took another step this year. They have a defense. And what's the new thing? It's all thanks to George Karloftis. Let's let's give him the defensive rookie of the year, obviously he's the most valuable. I look back and the past 30 years, Charles Woodson, Marcus Peters, Marshawn Lattimore are the only secondary like cornerback defensive backs to win in the past 30 years. It's always a pass rusher. So I figure you're down to the top few. Karloftis, who did Trayvon Walker went to Jacksonville. I think he's in a similar boat to Hutchinson. I don't know how much media he's going to get either. Kansas City is going to be on primetime a lot. I assume they have three, four, five primetime games. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think, Coach? Does that make no, sense? No, I like I like your theory. I, I you know, that's that's definitely you, you got a pass rusher rusher coming off the edge. You you want to you want him in pass rushing situations. Kind of hard to be in pass rushing rushing situations when you're always, you know, trying <laughs> trying to get positive yardage. So 
<laughs> yeah. Now the offensive player of the year, I mean, these quarterbacks all suck. So do we pick one quarterback and say he's going to actually play well and win it by default? Or do we look at one of these? Chris, can you look on Wikipedia the last, I don't know, the list of offensive rookie of the year winners. I think that's where I found it. There were a lot of running backs and wide receivers on there. I expected it to be a lot more quarterback heavy, but there were some uh some pass catchers, some running backs, so maybe it's going to be Kenneth Walker, one of these wide receivers. Maybe who did who did Atlanta take? Garrett Wilson? No. Atlanta took the big guy. Um yeah, the last all the way down on the bottom where it shows like the last 10. Don't be shocked if this might be the year somebody like a Kyle Hamilton wins defensive rookie of the year because he's a ball hawk. He's playing in Baltimore. It's a big passing division. I can see him picking off the Pittsburgh Steelers four times. And I like <clears> that a lot. John, hey, John's on to something yes, there because I was just sitting here thinking about bit, the way the game has a- changed and how we've We've gotten away from the running and playing defense, and that's almost become an antiquated thought in coaching in general. But um, magically, they still do it in the SEC, by the way, a little bit. So, but they, um, you know, the the offenses have gotten away from you know everything is a is a is a pass rushing and, and and throwing the ball and spreads and things like that. I almost wonder when the boomerang comes back yeah. and someone comes up with an innovative idea of, hey, what if we just go ahead and start running the ball and getting four and five yards of carry and, and 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 playing defense? I wonder if we could win doing that. That that seems like a novel concept that maybe we're four or five years away from someone inventing that idea that 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 has won for, you know, decades, but now it seems to be old school thinking. But um you know that the the way the game has changed now, it, I would be shocked if it's anybody that is not in the secondary or even you know on, as far as offense goes, a a receiver of some sort. You know, uh, running backs have almost become an antiquated thought. Uh, they 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 are their value their, their is value so has gone through point. the floor now, and it's if you're not doing a committee, then you're 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 really running for second in that, um, and and. Really, the stock has fallen from any running back uh, as a whole. Just the position, you know, uh, because in in today's offense, that you know things have changed. So, yeah, man, I like that. It's a passing league now, and you give Wink Martindale a guy like Hamilton. He's going to get him down near the line, blitzing the quarterback. He could have you know, three, four sacks and five or six interceptions, Mm -hmm. maybe some tackles for a loss, some passes defended, Mm -hmm. a couple special teams plays. All of a sudden, this kid is the favorite. And the the odds are probably going to be longer because it's not often a defensive back. I love it, Kyle Hamilton. That's that's what we're on. Kyle Hamilton and George Karloftis, final answer. Offensive rookie of the year is I'll figure out later. How much time? How how long have we been going? Forty nine. Fifty. Whoa! All right. Well, 
Let's squeeze in some baseball. Madison Bumgarner got sexually assaulted and then thrown out of the game by the umpire. That was wild. Yeah. Did you see that? Gosh. He yes. checked his hand for substances, which is a pretty regular thing at this point, which is stupid if you ask me. But the pitcher comes back to the dugout. This is how it normally goes. He puts out his hand. The umpire looks at it for 0.5 to 1.5 seconds, nods his head, pitcher continues into the dugout because nobody wants to be doing this mm -hmm. right no, nobody's excited about checking hands and getting their hands checked well this guy i don't remember his name he is a weirdo yeah. and he needs to be put on some watch lists <laughs> yes Baumgartner comes over holds out his hand i think this is the first inning holds out his hand this guy takes his hand like he's reading his palm or giving him a hand massage never once does he look down at his hand? Right. He's staring at Bumgarner, trying to achieve eye contact the entire time. At which point, Bumgarner says to him, um, "If you want to check, I don't. I remember, forgot what he said, but he said if you want to play games, go go to the minors where the kids are, or something like that." And then, you know, there were quite a few f bombs after that. He was being held back as he was going at this guy, but. I said he should file sexual assault charges and really crank this thing up to the next level. Like, did you see that, John? Honestly, you're not that far from it because if Madison Bumgarner, Bumgarner were a woman and a guy did this, he'd be like, "Dude, you you need you got to get fired." This like it was walk up it, to a woman at a gas <clears throat> pump and do that. It was see what it was like the guy was trying to. It was like intimate in a creepy way, like just massaging and then yes. staring at him and. I mean, it went on for a long time and it was like he was trying to entice a reaction out of Madison Bumgarner, which is, I feel like a fireable offense for an umpire because I'm also a little bit biased because I hate umpires more than anybody, but they shouldn't be doing crap like this. I mean, the whole point is check the hand and then move on. Let's not make a big deal out of it. And then here this guy is just getting weird rubbing this guy's hand trying to trying yeah. to get under his skin figuratively and literally who's a known hothead yeah and so i also am a big madison bumgarner fan and if 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 you would have punched him i would have loved him even more i think the umpire deserved a punch because it was just too far i believe too weird, he did and just just punch him they don't like him. They don't like that he's out there chopping wood on his days off and, you know, voting Republican. Did, they, did anyone ever look at the history involved here? Because there has to be something that has happened before this incident. This this wasn't just a random umpire that was assigned to the game and then he's he's just some creepo that wanted to feel on his hand. This is there's gotta be some kind of history right. that's involved be. in this where they have rubbed each other the wrong way. <laughs> see what i did there and uh and anyhow no it's uh it, it that deal it looked weird and it reeked of i don't like this guy i haven't liked this guy and this is going to be my opportunity yes. to get back at him for something that has happened but here's my thing about umpires is why do they out of all the jobs in America, why do they have a license to be unprofessional? Because in any other job, it's like, I have to be professional. Each day is a new day. I'm not going to carry over angst from last time. Now, you know that happens, but at the same time, be a professional. I don't care if you guys got into a pissing contest than the last three times you started. Like, you don't have to take a stand. This doesn't have to be the hill that you die on and prove your point. It, it makes no sense. And I, you just never hear about the punishment of, of umpires and refs. 
No, not enough accountability. Well, I can, I can tell you that the scores <laughs> of, of of the games are starting to come out. They're starting to become more and more prevalent with 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 the umpires and and what they what their grades oh, their were grades? for each individual game, which I think is a great thing because just like a great player performance, those guys need to be celebrated. Their their grades need to be celebrated. If mm-hmm. you've got a an umpire literally calling a ninety nine percent or a hundred percent effective game, that guy is the guy that I want in a big game. That's the guy that needs to have mm-hmm. that. And I know that they've tried to they've tried to do that, but it just hasn't been public. Um, but you know, I, I think a lot of these things it, it is a deal of 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 that they do carry over. I mean, they're human a little bit, so I, I don't know that. And, Baseball and, and, and has that. The that's not a. Carry I mean, over. that's. I watched. I watched Joe West do it for years, and 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 I hated him for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Now, would I have hated him if he did it against the the Cardinals? Maybe not. I don't know. But but <laughs> I I just heard Joe West on Pardon My Take this past week, and he still says that Andre Dawson call <laughs> was fine. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, and there's a difference. I was just going to say, there's a difference between having a player on a short leash because you have history, and then seeking out weird. Absolutely true. To to have a dick measuring yeah. contest with a you're guy. You're 100 right. You know, you're 100 right. He was trying to incite something. Like Hernandez, some of the stuff with that is has gotten <laughs> out of hand, and at some point, you're like, yeah. gosh, man, there's got to be there's got to be some regulatory something in that 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 kind of pulls these guys back a little bit um and and you know i'm i'm kind of torn on that issue too with the whole you know there has to be an ultimate authority but the ultimate authority can't be a jerk <laughs> so um yeah, yeah that's kind of exactly. where i'm at with that is 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 exactly. while i i i err on the side of umpires in a lot of a lot of things but you just don't don't be a jerk about it and don't be a creepo just do your thing there like you said there has to be a little bit of professionalism um and i understand the human element is part of the game i i hate the fact of you know the whole you know ridding themselves of that but it's almost like they're helping that cause with these crazy things that happen and and i hate to i hate to hear these things for that very reason cuz you're like gosh just just another thing for somebody to get a hold of and go we need them we need them out of the game which which I think is a horrible idea mm-hmm. so yeah it seems like they're purposely making putting them in positions or putting bad umpires out there to usher in these robot umpires john if you're looking for full contact baseball and people getting punched in the face which i am I suggest you look to the college ranks. Um, This happened in Texas, only in Texas, a couple weeks ago. North Central was getting down with Weatherford for what was supposed to be a doubleheader, but the whole thing was suspended after six innings of the first game. Uh, In a tied 2-2 ball game, Josh Phillips Phillips hits one deep to left for the go-ahead run. He starts running around the bases. Everything looks fine. As he rounds third, the pitcher... Uh, Owen Woodward, all six foot, 395 pounds of him comes out of nowhere. Like Sean Taylor at the pro bowl and absolutely decleats this kid. I mean, his hat may have landed in the dugout. <laughs> he took him out. I don't know what was said. If he was saying something as he ran around the bases, I read articles about it. Nobody knows why it happened. Um, there was a short brawl afterward, but it didn't last long. Then they suspended the second game of the doubleheader. 
Uh, they might expel this kid. The cops are oh, involved. Geez. It's it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, this is one where you need to show judgment on on what happened. If he if he just threw a haymaker and knocked the guy out, that's one thing. But if you tackle somebody, I I don't see that as completely unwarranted. I don't know. It, that never happens where you just tackle somebody out of pure anger and he did nothing. I'm okay with a tackle and I don't think he should have been kicked off the team because I did see that he was kind of hot dogging <laughs> it around third base. And then it, this, this goes back to, this is how people stop being dicks. I didn't expect anybody to take this position. I didn't see this one coming either. Wow. <laughs> if this happened more, this is how people stop being dicks in public. Like if there's some accountability, if you're hot dogging it around third, I'm going to Kyle Farnsworth tackle you. Um, you know, it, obviously I draw the line at punching and if there's like an actual injury, but you know, other than that, this is just a great story of <laughs> this uh, is your great American story. And passion. This is just an inspiring story of American, you know. Well, it did. It did. This this gets to a bigger argument, guy. I mean, this is this is a bigger underlying situation, and that is uh, the old school way of thinking versus the the newer, you know, touchy feely, you know, way to to go about things where everything's wrong and society as a whole. You know, I, I've had this argument this week. It's okay to say whatever you want. It's okay to type whatever you want. And we go back to zero repercussions. Now, I don't know the history between these two gentlemen. It sure looks like that there is some something that we're missing from the story here. I don't know. My 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 gut intuition tells me that somehow it's seven ways to to a woman, but that's uh, that's just me. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm just saying, you know, you you can say and do whatever you want now, and it's just supposed to be okay, and and you can you can take it, and 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 if you're a professional or you're doing things right, you, there's no repercussions for that. And, and, and in the game yeah. of baseball back in, back in the days, uh, there were, there were some unwritten rules. I mean, and, and, and those unwritten rules were to keep the sanctity of the game and regulate the things that the rules didn't regulate. Um, now, now this particular yeah. guy coming like a human missile and, and launching himself into somebody rounding third who was doing a little hot dogging, I think is, is obviously a little bit extreme, but you know what? Who knows? Maybe it was warranted. I don't, who am I to judge what this guy said on his way around? I mean, I'm sure this pitcher, this young man's mother is very nice, but maybe he said something that was exactly the opposite. I don't know. We weren't there, but I will say this, this is a, this is a glowing, uh, situation in society where a, a, a I, I, w- I will even say a generation now that that is raised upon the fact that they can type or say anything and 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 do and have zero repercussions. It kind of goes back to what we talked about with the Mike Tyson deal. You know, you you can't act any way you want to act and expect uh, expect there to be nothing happen. You you are free to make that choice. But you are not free of the consequences that that yep. choice makes, and I, I say that a lot to to younger people that I I deal with a lot. Is you you can make whatever choice you like, but that does not free you of the consequences of that said choice, and and that's I think something that we we can talk about here. And and I'm I'm kind of rambling here, but I'm just saying that as a generation, I think that that's something that I, I would agree with John needs to come back into 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 focus. 
You guys have swayed me. My our official position here at Patriot Sports Radio is let's wait till all the facts come out. <laughs> yeah, let's hear the whole story. The Orioles, the Orioles are finally traveling their broadcast team. Mid Atlantic Sports Network, possibly the cheapest, most corner cuttingest, <clears throat> low rent bullshit media outfit in sports, realized in short order that a broadcaster needs to be in the stadium to call a game effectively. The Orioles and Nationals were having their guys call games on a monitor remotely. And wouldn't you know, there's a delay in the video feed and they can't call the game with any accuracy or, or timing. I'm surprised anybody was even watching these games to notice, but I've been on this story for a while that they haven't traveled their broadcast team. I actually changed the title in the rundown to finally from are so cheap. They won't travel their <laughs> broadcast team. I mean, how much can it cost to fly two middle-aged I'm, men? I've got Cincinnati a little inside here and, and, and I'm telling you, I saw this happen before. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure that a, an owner didn't buy the team and there's some sort of cardboard cutout where they're peeling scraps off with every win and, <laughs> and, 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 and they start traveling on a Greyhound bus and cutting corners. Um, I also saw it in Bull Durham where they listened to it on the radio and they did the live game. So I'm pretty sure that that's happening and with the Orioles, which makes me love them even more. And I wish that they would cut out everything. They've probably got an old Mercury in a cold, in a cold tub they're pulling the string on. Uh, maybe Lou Brown's got a guy uh, on hold with some white walls. I'm thinking that this is the recipe for yep. success here. I will tell you a personal experience with the Orioles, uh, how cheap they are. I've ordered now twice some Orioles fan gear that has been turned turned away or lost in the mail two times, and I'm now on my third order to try to get some Orioles gear for this show because they have. That's they, God Himself. They are trying near to and dear to my you. heart with this wager that we have. Don't think I didn't forget that. And, and and I will will be keeping track of that till the end of the season, a whole unit on that. And and I will have Orioles gear in the near future um, because I didn't didn't forget about that. Somebody in the it. Orioles <laughs> store is saying, "Oh, he's in Oklahoma. He's just buying that to make fun of us. Don't send it." To yeah, him. yeah. There's no doubt yeah. that is happening. He's just buying that to. Lo- he just wants to light it on fire yeah. and put it on the internet. Some, Don't kid, some kid on the internet's trying to make fun of us again. Probably, probably a disgruntled <laughs> Royals fan or something. <laughs> uh, uh, a couple more. The re- the Orioles are bad, but they're not as bad. They're not that bad <laughs> as the Cincinnati yeah. Reds. The 1899 Cleveland Spiders went 20 and 134 for a 130 winning percentage, worst ever. In the history of baseball, the 1916 Philadelphia Athletics mm-hmm. went 36 and 117 for a 235 winning percentage, worst in the modern era. The 2022 Cincinnati Reds are currently three and 22 with a 120 winning percentage on pace to be the worst ever. They've scored 79 runs. If they doubled that, it still wouldn't be more than the 166 runs they've allowed so mm. far. They only have a 16.5% shot at the number one pick anyway. And teams can't get lottery picks three years in a row. So if they try this again next year, the earliest they'll be able to pick in the draft will be seven. Then you have ownership coming out and basically saying, where else are you going to go? 
we're the only game in town with this condescending dismissive attitude. It is crazy. They're tanking like like tanking has never been done before. They're putting their best hitters in the seventh and eighth holes to minimize their at-bats. It's shameful. Like they're doing everything but getting these guys drunk before the game. They'll do that on their own. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm a I listen to the Cubs on the radio for years and it always seemed that it seemed like every other day I was turning it on and Pat Hughes was explaining that Jesse Winker was uh, at the plate and the Reds were down two to four to the Cubs. And it was like a boring game to listen to. They need to get relegated. Uh, this is this is pretty shameful, uh, even for Cincinnati. Come on. And shameless. It, it, both. It's shameful and shameless. Uh, like, cause it's not even, they're not even hiding it. You're putting your best hitters, trying to minimize their at bats. It's just forfeit. <laughs> I mean, somebody's going to get injured playing these schmucks and, and then it's, you're going to be a real shame, but Hey, I'll take the wins as a cup fan, but at the same time, you know, the league was almost at its best when they were the big red machine. And it's just a joke now. And it's just a huge waste of Joey Votto. That's, yeah, that's where I was Joey going Votto. with it too, is man, it's the, the real, the real losers of that game are is Joey Votto because he's 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 a great player and you know it goes goes back to the the Trout argument with, with with the Angels just I I don't know why they're they're so bad and and that's such a great historically great organization like you know when they had the big red machine great absolutely. American ballpark absolutely come on I mean, you know but I I mean I think they're they're Adam Dunn, Dingers, the River, uh, America. Johnny Ben. Johnny Ben. Finger, Oklahoma, whatever. Finger, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's enough negativity for today. It's a bright and beautiful spring day in Hartford, Wisconsin. We'll wrap with one, <laughs> one feel-good story. A guy in California built his own motorized rail cart and he's just riding the abandoned railways of california on this thing it looks awesome he's just cruising through the desert on this little cart with this little motor on it it looks like it could be a lot more comfortable so the seating situation does it look like those old mining ones where they used to hammer down yes yeah but it's motorized. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he needs to be doing yeah. tours for fifty bucks. Well, I'm a gonna, pop. I'm gonna tell you. I'm glad you said that, John. <laughs> Let me just tell you one thing. I, I, I booked an excursion one time on a vacation in Montezuma, Mexico, and I got on a similar rail cart like you showed me and sent me. Oh yeah. Behind two jackasses, literal jackasses that were <laughs> pulling this cart, and and I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I spent about a hundred bucks a pop on that little excursion to go diving in caves or something like that and it ended up being uh something similar to a farm pond that i grew up with and it, some scary ride behind two mules down a train track and uh at the end of the deal i ended up getting uh, a little inebriated on some mexican uh mexican cerveza and it ended up being okay but uh let me just tell you that that those little excursions you pay your 50 dollars, you never know really what you're gonna get that guy you say he's yep. on to something but that may be the worst $50 excursion I've ever been on on one of those deals because it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. It looked like a smoother ride than I'd expect, but I wasn't. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing smooth about going down a train track in one of those little carts, especially when you're being pulled by two mules. It's no good. No good. 
Uh, gosh, I, I love these types of characters. You see them all the time in America. They're like the $10 Elon Musk. <laughs> Same guy who did lawn chair yep. pilot with the uh, weather balloons. <laughs> like, yes. These guys are, are living the dream. They're probably going to die doing what they love. And I, I just want to see it. And, and so I, I bet we could get this guy. I bet we should. I also, I want to know how fast he goes. Cause it's, he's got to be hitting some Hills and yeah. just let her rip. It's great. <laughs> Love it. All right. All right. Let's get out of here. We got stuff to do. I don't want to get up to two hours. We're over one hour. Thank you everyone for listening. There are more and more of you all the time and we could not be more appreciative of that. If you enjoy the show, please consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever platform you're getting us on. Everything is interaction-based. We need you guys to let them know that you're listening so we can climb the charts and make this show even better. You can follow us at Patriots Pod on the Twitter, Patriot Sports Now on the Instagram, and Patriot Sports on the Facebook. Follow producer Chris on Twitter and Instagram at PSR Producer. You can find me on Twitter at American DGen and Plus Money Patriot on the Instagram. John is too cool for social media and coach is too set in his ways to learn a platform other than Facebook. So that just is what it is. All right. We're off to buy some fishing gear. Chris, did I tell you that we're going to buy fishing gear today? So we're going to get ready for this kayak paddleboard fishing show. I got a camera on the way. I'm looking at locations. It's going to be good. We're putting some thought into it because as Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win that matters. Everyone has that. It's the will to prepare to win that matters. Chris, kick the outro music. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media, like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.